This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Do me a favor. Why don't you strap on your seatbelt? We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the word to the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very interactive, very engaging edition of Equip. Today, we're going to talk about what it is to be a woman. Did you ever think that we'd be in a day and age where that would even be a question? What is a woman? But all across our culture, from high offices such as the Supreme Court to uh, men and women on uh, everyday terms and and on uh, across the dinner table, there's a debate on what it means to be a woman. Well, our guest today has thought about it biblically, theologically, culturally as well. How did we get here and how can we get back to uh, God's Word? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And I definitely want to hear from you. One of the beauties of our program is that we're going to open up the phone lines to be able to uh, take your calls as well and maybe today you have a daughter who is struggling with sexual identity. Maybe you are wrestling with sexual identity yourself, or maybe you have a grandchild that is wondering about their own identity and struggling with gender and all of uh, that's going on in our culture. We want to open up the phone lines to you at 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. As always, We want to give relevant and biblical answers, and we want to pray for you as well. Consider us your prayer partner today at 877-548-3675. Before we go further, though, I want to say thank you to all of our friends and partners who support the program each and every day through your listenership, through your prayers, and yes, through your generosity. You know, one of the ways that we try to approach a month is we know what our budget need is, and we think about it in quarters, that each Each week of the month, four weeks in a month, kind of represents 25% of our budget for that month. And so at the end of the first week, I like to think, man, if we're 25% towards our goal, that's good. In the second week, 50% towards our goal. In the third week, 75%, you kind of get the point. Uh, And if we're kind of tracking behind that a little bit, I want to make sure I let you know. Uh, not silent an alarm, but want to make sure you're aware. If we're tracking ahead of that, I want to be able to celebrate that. Well, currently, we obviously are entering into the last week of the month. We've got a few days next week. It's a short week, though. So you would expect that we would be closer to 60%, 70% of our goal as we enter into this week. Well, currently, we're at about 32% of our budgeted need for this month. I bring it up, again, not to sound alarmist, but simply to present the need because I really do believe we're in partnership together and you have proven over and again to be some of the uh, the most generous, big-hearted, gospel-centered 
uh, spiritual family that I've ever encountered. And so I believe that about our listeners, and I believe that about you as well, that you get the big picture of what we're doing, that we are boldly proclaiming the gospel in a world that wants to push back against the truth of the gospel, the message that Jesus is Lord, to the centrality of the salvation that is found in Christ alone, and the loving application of that to all areas of life. Well, we want to continue to do that. We want to run into the tough corners of life, the tough questions of life with the transformational truth of God's grace that transforms the human heart and the salvation is found in Christ alone. If that matters to you, can you stand with us today? Your gift of $100 or $250 or $500 can make all the difference, and we certainly need those size gifts today, while at the same time recognizing that our average gift is about $30. So wherever you find yourself, whether it's a dollar a day or you can do more because you've been blessed by this program and because your heart has been encouraged, can you call today the number 888 644 4144. I want to give it again, and I want to ask you to call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org, just like Craig did from Naples, Florida. Thank you, Craig, for your generosity today. Joseph from Naples as well. Florida checking in today. Also, Michelle from Clinton Township, Michigan. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your generosity. Gary from Harrison, Tennessee. Megan from Spokane, Washington. Terry from Maywood, Illinois. And Donald from Las Cruces, New Mexico. So grateful to see friends from all across the country, even in the Canada, standing with us today. So I'm going to ask that you would do that. Give your best and most generous gift. I promise to keep you current. We're at about 30% today, 32%. We need to quickly get to about 60% of our goals. So if you can give today, that would be an honor. And please know that if you're just checking us out, no pressure to give. Your listenership is gift enough. But if you have been blessed, stand with us today. Well, what does it mean to be a woman? That's what my guest has written about in her newest book, To Be a Woman. It is uh, Dr. Katie McCoy. Uh, She holds a PhD in systematic theology from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I was just there. My good friend David Dockery and all of the staff there are so great to be with them. She served on faculty for the last five years. Katie's research includes patterns of justice for women in the Old Testament law, as well as the intersection of theology, gender, and women's studies. She serves also as director of women's ministry at DAC. Uh, Texas Baptist as well. And uh, this is uh, her most recent release, To Be a Woman, subtitled The Confusion Over Female Identity and How Christians Can Respond. Dr. McCoy, how are you? Chris, so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. It is so good to have you. As a matter of fact, this is our first time getting a chance to uh, meet by way of phone, but I have so many friends and peers that respect you tremendously, and so uh, I think a few of them are jealous that you've joined me today, and I'm pretty fired up to have you and uh, so grateful. Talk about your work at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah, so I graduated from there. Far too many years ago for me to remember. It just reminds me of how much of a geriatric millennial I really am now. I served there for uh, for five years, 
before moving to a state convention where I, I uh, so I'm out of the formal classroom now, but I'm getting yeah. to take everything that I was doing in the classroom and bring it to women who are serving day in and day out in the trenches. That's great. But talk and, about uh, your research while you were there. What was your focus? Yeah, my focus of my dissertation was on Old Testament laws about women. And when I say that, I mean the really embarrassing ones, the ones that you think <laughs> sound uh, misogynistic, if we're being really honest. Yes, yes. And uh, looking at how, in the cultural context, they actually set up not only hedges of protection for women, but it demonstrates that the greater vulnerability a person has, the more the Lord protects them and calls his people to be responsible for their dignity and protection as well. It's so remarkable to see, too, these laws that typically it's feminists who talk about them to say, look how yes. horrible the Bible is for women, and it turns it all up on its head when we understand it from, from the perspective of not only ancient Near Eastern culture, but the character of God as well. Well, you know the narratives that are out there concerning Christianity that is patriarchal, oppressive, mm -hmm. that it is bad for women. Obviously, you use the word misogynistic. All of these descriptors float around there about the Christian faith, while the story can be told that wherever Christianity historically has been exported around the world, the rights and protections of women have increased and improved. But yeah. the question I would love for you to respond to as a, a woman who is a, a, a thinker, Ph.D., um, you fit the profile of the type of person that many would think would abandon the Christian faith, um, mm -hmm. be liberated from it. But yet your studies have caused you to have a deepening of faith. Why is that? You know, uh, in our deconstruction age, that is such an important question for really everybody who grew up in the church to answer. If I could really boil it all down, Chris, it's not a very academic answer. It's not a very intellectual answer. It is quite simply what Peter said to Jesus. To whom shall we go? You alone have the words of life. And no matter uh, how many philosophical ideas we are influenced by, how many cultural trends, at the end of the day, we have a debt of sin. And either we're paying for it or the Lord Jesus is paying for it on our behalf. But then when we open ourselves up to following the way of Jesus, we see that this is how true humanity is supposed to function all along. It is incredible to me how uh, sociologists are catching up to the Bible, and they're talking yeah. about things like uh, heterosexual monogamous marriage is, would you believe it, the most satisfying and stable two-parent families lead to um, healthy, well-rounded children who are productive members of society. It's almost like the God who made us knows how we are supposed to live. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really bringing it back to even the book, To Be a Woman, it all funnels down to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that answer. You know, I think about you, I think about um, one of the great uh, African-American theologians, Howard Thurman, wrote this book, Jesus and the Disinherited, because he kept being asked during the 60s, how can you be an African-American and a Christian, right? And uh, it's because he had studied the, the scriptures and because he had become convinced. And uh, you know that, that old saying, quote, that uh, if Jesus has risen from the dead, then everything else is a footnote. Doesn't mean that it's mm -hmm. not important, but it mm -hmm. does mean that the, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead 
his triumph on the cross is the watershed moment of human history. And once you become convinced of that being true, those other details can be addressed in light of the cross. And let's talk about one of the big issues of our day, and that is what it means to be a woman. Why did you write this book, Katie? There is not just widespread gender confusion, but it is widespread gender confusion that is disproportionately affecting young women and girls. And the best way I can describe it is a crock pot. And you think about a crock pot, you throw a bunch of things in there, let them simmer for a long time, and they kind of congeal and create this soup. Well, Gen Z and Gen Alpha coming right behind them, they are eating out of a crock pot that has been simmering for decades. And these are things affecting their sense of um, self, how they form their sense of identity, how they uh, answer questions like what it means to be happy. And underneath that is a culture that has centered those questions in a combination of expressive individualism, meaning that uh, the three-word mantras, you do you, follow your heart, live your truth, uh, only you know who you really are emotionally, and anything that would disagree with it is oppressive and wrong, and combine that with not only a hypersexualized culture, but a culture that says that your sexual orientation and gender identity is the most important and defining thing about you. And I, I don't think it is any coincidence, Chris, that we are living in a culture where young people are um, in, in mass confused about their identity, about uh, the, the degree to which, if at all, their bodies tell them who they are. Uh, put a pin in that. Let's come back to that. And then yes. combine that with a post-Christian culture where Christianity and it, the tenets of the Christian faith no longer are a dominant social influence and epidemic levels of mental illness. Is wow. it any wonder, if anybody cares for Gen Z, is it any wonder that we have a generation struggling with anxiety and depression and suicidality to the degree that they are? When they are answering existential questions like, who am I and why am I here with nothing but their feelings to guide them? Wow. How, how can we abandon a generation with such little guidance to such big questions? You know, Dr. McCoy, I know you're going to agree with this, but I do believe that history will uh, tell the story as this generation matures and looks back on us and tell the story of who actually was willing to be courageous enough to tell me the truth, even when I didn't want to yep. hear it, even when it was unpopular. And uh, I praise God that your book equips us to be able to do that. Maybe you're a mom or dad. Maybe you're grandma or grandpa listening to us right now. Maybe you're just a concerned adult that's listening to us right now that is uh, wondering, man, how do I have this conversation with my son or daughter, my grandson, granddaughter, with that student in my youth ministry? Uh, gender fluidity, uh, transgender ideology, uh, all of the surgeries, uh, puberty blockers, all of these realities are constantly around us, not to even mention the word play and word games around pronouns that seem to be so confusing to our kids and the media reinforcement of these things. We're going to talk about it and so much more on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. 
Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. My guest today, Dr. Katie McCoy, her book, To Be a Woman. And honestly, I love days like today. I love programs like today that tie in so perfectly with the mission and vision of our program. We want to take on these discussions. If you're talking about it across the dinner table, at the proverbial water cooler, at your job, if you're talking about it on social media, we want to talk about those topics too, but from a distinctly Christian worldview perspective. We're going to get back to Dr. McCoy in just a moment, but still waiting today for the first uh, partner, friend, or gift to uh, to come. And so maybe the Lord has blessed you through this program. We certainly need your partnership today. Can you consider giving a gift of $100 or $200 or $500, whatever your most generous gift can be today? And your gift allows us to continue to be on the air, to broadcast boldly, full of grace and love, the truth of Jesus Christ, that we affirm the inerrant, infallible, inspired an eternal word of God, and that Jesus Christ is still Lord of all, that over every square inch of created order, Christ declares mine. If you believe that and you want to stand with us, call the number now, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Uh, Dr. Katie McCoy is my guest today. Her book, To Be a Woman, is one that I would highly recommend you pick up and consider. Dr. McCoy, what ideas, you kind of alluded to this in our previous segment, what ideas do you believe have helped to create our current cultural moment around gender and identity? So much of it begins uh, with a very American perspective of who I am as an individual. So if you are a Westerner, uh, and I don't mean cowboy, here I am in Texas, I mean like Aristotle, (laughs) Plato, (laughs) the great uh, Western thinkers. If you are a Westerner, you value the individual. If you are an American, you are uh, a a hyper-individualist. It doesn't matter what came before. We're going to chart our own course and valorize those who do. But then if you are an American in our culture recently, you are heavily influenced by the ideas of expressive individualism. And expressive individualism comes from uh, a philosophical way of thinking and um, a phase known as romanticism. Uh, Don't let that word trip you up. There's nothing really romantic about it. It's actually that you, the uh, childlike version of you that is unhindered and uninfluenced by any other outside source is the true you. And who you truly are is your authentic self. Uh, The problem is society bends us to its hypocritical state. And so we need to get rid of all influences of society. And those influences include religion, parental authority, government authority, and now even your own physical body no longer has the right to tell you who you truly are. And, you know, Chris, take away all of the the philosophical jargon, and what we're left with is really the first 11 chapters of Genesis, aren't we? It's, I will uh, ascend to the heaven. I can define the limits of my own existence. Uh, My identity is not something that I receive from my creator, but something that I determine for myself. 
And uh, the boundaries and limits of my life are mine to choose, including my identity as a man or a woman, what pronouns I will go by, um, even whether I identify as a human or not. We have people who are taking this to some other extremes about identifying with animals. And that sounds, um, it sounds like it's something on the fringe, and it is. But then again, so is all the gender stuff just about 15 years ago. And so that is probably the driving idea behind so much of this. And then we get some other ideas that are familiar to us, perhaps in a, in a political theory sense, but they're being applied to society, specifically the ideas of uh, Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, yeah, um, that yeah. called for the abolition of the family um, and anything that um, per, uh, perpetuated or aided and abetted capitalist control. And that's yes. why, by the way, you'll hear true gender ideologues, if they're being honest, they talk about their affinity for Marx because it's not just gender. It's getting rid of gender binaries because gender binaries support the cis hetero patriarchy that yes. is the true problem of society. And by the way, lump Christianity in there too because most of them are Christians. And so this is all um, about dismantling not just the norms but the foundations of society as well. Put all of that together, and like I said, it's this big crockpot. Uh, is it any wonder that we have a generation that is so confused? We're going to take calls in just a moment at 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. Again, would love to be your prayer partner today. Would love for Dr. McCoy to be able to offer you any wisdom. If you're a mom, a grandma, a dad, a granddad out there, and you got kids you love that are going through this, grandchildren, if you're a concerned adult, if you yourself are processing through your own confusion about gender and identity. Today would be a great day to call, and this is a great book, To Be a Woman. If you just want to be able to have a true, honest, compassionate Christian response that does not compromise on truth or grace, To Be a Woman is a great resource. Dial this number, 877-548-3675. Before I go to the phone lines, though, I do want to just uh, comment. Uh, you you just did something that I thought was brilliant, but also true. It shows the dichotomy of this moment. On the one hand, you are absolutely right about expressive individualism, this hyper-individualistic thought that it's all about me and my preferences in an iPhone world. Everything has to cater to me. But on the other hand, hyper-collectivism, that people are their group, you know, and uh, in particular, you know, uh, patriarchy, privilege, you know, if you are, you know, a, a Christian white male, therefore you are by definition an oppressor. And all of these mm-hmm. things are working at the same time. It is interesting to see the duality of our moment. On the one hand, groupthink has never been stronger I think in American history, on the other hand, hyper-individualism has never been stronger in American history. And man, all of this leads to the explosion of the current moment. And like you say, a generation that is confused. Let's go to Jamie, who's listening in Tampa, Florida. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment today, Jamie? 
Hi, um, thank you for having me. I actually have a few comments, um, if that's okay. I am, I've been in the public education system since 2010. So I've been working with all ages in public school, K through 12, and also at public university for the past 14 years. And I can say from personal experience that everyone young, everyone young is being affected by this. There is an indoctrination going on, an agenda. I've seen it with my own eyes. I was there in 2014 at a high-level university meeting when I saw this agenda starting to play out in the universities. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my daughter currently is at university and being affected. And for every lover of God listening, I pray that you will pray for her and yeah. her healing. Yeah. I also would like to add that at the universities currently, what's happening that I've also seen with my own eyes is that professors are teaching this in required elective courses. I can only speak for public university. Um, elective courses through biology, they're teaching it that our biologies are actually different. They are signing or email signatures, not the professors, but advisors. Anybody who's an advisor that works with young, young students are signing their email signatures with she, her, they, them, he, his at the end of it. And I just would like to call everybody who's listening to ask yourself, like, who are you paying nine grand a semester to educate your son, your daughter, your niece, your loved one? Yeah, Yeah, um, you know, first off, Jamie, let me just jump in, if I could, to say thank you for serving uh, the community in education. What What an admirable thing. And everything you're saying is so true. And, I mean, obviously, Dr. Katie's book reveals that, as she did such extensive research it's an affirmation of everything you just said it's happening on public school level and the public universities we need to be mindful of that but i don't want to miss that you're a mom who asks us to pray for your daughter and i want to do that father i pray right now for jamie i pray for her daughter i pray for healing i pray the truth would set her free that you would bring her to yourself open her eyes that she might see the salvation and the love that is found in you We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for you listening in today as we talk to Dr. Katie McCoy about her book, To Be a Woman subtitled The Confusion Over Female Identity and How Christians Can Respond. And I will say that though this book is a a powerful book for women, for sure, friends, there is something to be learned for all of us, male and female, as we read this book as Christians who want to raise our children well, want to be a great influence on our grandchildren, are concerned about what Gen Z is being exposed to, and who certainly want to combat the misinformation, misunderstandings, and the lies of our culture. Uh, Dr. Katie McCoy has done a great job with putting together and composing this book. We're going to take your calls today. If there's a way for us to pray with you, encourage you, want to do that. And uh, I should have mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. McCoy, that we were giving Jamie, who called before the break, a complimentary copy of your book that we pray will help her, help her daughter. Man, I wish, Dr. McCoy, we could get this into the hands of every teacher across America 
mm-hmm. uh, because of what an, what an influential book it will be. Pastors, you and your elders reading this book will be a huge benefit uh, to your ministry as well. The phone number is 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. Going to take your calls in just a moment, but I do want to encourage you as well, if you've not already done so, to support the program. You know, your generosity in moments like this really helped to fuel uh, the uh, the army of God. It, it really is a spiritual battle going on. And so often in any military fight, as we know, the best funded army is the one that wins. And Satan certainly has a lot of funding going his way to fund pornography, to fund the lies and deceptions of our current moment in gender and identity and sexuality. We need the good guys to be supported as well. And I hope you feel that way about our program. And if you do, we ask that you would give today generously. Your generous tax-deductible gift will help us to reach many with the good news of God's grace. So go to our website now, equipradio.org. Let me say one final word before I go back to Dr. McCoy. If today you need a relationship with Jesus, that's so important. So often you hear me talk about wanting you to connect with our guest, but there's somebody I want you to connect with even more than our guest, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can heal our hearts and answer the questions of our hearts, the longings of our hearts, and the questions of our mind. And so I want to encourage you, if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, give us a call today at 877-548-3675. Dr. McCoy, who is Cindy McCoy? and What does she teach you about what it means to be a woman? Cindy McCoy, the best and first woman I have ever met. That is my mama. And she, uh, She's, uh, well, she's my hero. She's the woman who has uh, taught me what it means to be a woman who is both feminine and strong, um, intellectual and compassionate. And uh, she's also the woman who was the the fuel behind really all of my academic pursuits. She was the one who uh, would always have me aiming, aiming higher. Um, I mentioned my dissertation topic. And uh, there were some other options I was looking at that, frankly, would have been easier and she was the one who looked at me and said, you can't do anything else. This is in you. You have to write this. And, you know, she, she was right, not just for me, but, but for the way that the Lord is using this message in the kingdom. Because um, one of the things that I'm hearing, even from apologists, is how it's considered a barrier to the faith, the way that uh, these Old Testament laws seem to our Western ears today. And uh, I would not have written any of that were it not for Sidney McCoy. Well, props to Cindy McCoy. So grateful she pushed you, spurred you on, poked and prodded. And, you know, typically you don't hear the descriptors you just uh, described together in one person, feminine and strong, Mm -hmm. intellectual Mm -hmm. and compassionate. You know, we live in a culture that tries to pressure us into thinking that you have to be one or the other. And bravo to you. Uh, And what a blessing to have a mom who modeled both and uh, obviously pass that down to to her daughter. Let's go to the phone lines if if we can. Rob is listening in uh, Iowa. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question today, Rob? Hey, thanks for having me, and God bless everything you all are doing. 
All right. So this, this discussion of the transgender thing, you know, it, it's the latest thing. And there's there's always been this uh, in throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, you know, we're Christians and Jesus Christ himself sat down and had supper with prostitutes and tax collectors, which in, in that age was the most reviled people. And I will tell you, I know a lot of these transgenders, they are not bad people. I mean, I, I, I relate to them. Yeah. And they understand yeah. Jesus. So mm-hmm, why, can mm-hmm. we, why can we just not accept them, say, Jesus loves you, and I'm not here to condemn you, and I'm not even going to talk about your lifestyle choices, all right? And Jesus didn't do that either. All he said was, go forth and sin no more, and he stopped the crowd from stoning a prostitute once. And he Mm -hmm. said, let Mm -hmm. he who is without sin cast the first stone, all right? These transgenders, you know, they're they're not bad people. And they, they, they tend to be very intelligent and, and well-spoken, and they actually know the Bible pretty well. So, like, we got to stop the hate, and we just got to accept them as they are. And, you know, maybe they'll change tomorrow, and maybe they'll change next year, and maybe they'll never change. But we gotta we got to quit this hatred and just accept them the way they are, you know? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so let me uh, – let me... Let me let me respond if I could, and I want to give Dr. McCoy an opportunity to respond as well. And I would love for you, Rob, to stay on the line because I think your heart, and I I love your heart. I just want to challenge some of the thoughts that you share because um, I, I do think that we need to make sure that when we talk about Jesus, that we talk about his uh, full engagement um, with those who uh, weren't followers of him, right? Didn't believe in him. Now, the, the Bible tells us in John 1 and uh, 17 that the law came through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. So I agree with you. We don't have to pick between truth or grace. Like, we don't have to present a graceless truth, this kind of hard, rigid, unloving truth that doesn't show care or compassion. But on the other hand, we don't have to choose a truthless grace either. The primary message of Jesus's ministry was repent and believe. Uh, certainly, he did tell the woman, sin no more, go and sin no more uh, in that hotly debated and contested passage. Uh, but notice he, he never told her, hey, just be who you are. Notice he never said, hey, sin is okay. He said, no, it is sin, and you need to stop doing it. He said that to her. He also, in Luke chapter uh, 5, as he was with the, uh, according to verse number 30, the tax collectors and the sinners of his day, sitting down, eating, and drinking with them, he says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so Jesus was loving and compassionate but he never held his tongue in calling people sick. He never held his tongue in telling us where sin was sin because the worst thing we can do to a person is to validate them on their way to hell or destruction. 
self-destruction or destroying others. The best and most loving and compassionate thing we can do is to call out the lies that are hurting our children, hurting the lives of others. And Dr. McCoy, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond as well, because part of the reason why I do think that Rob is right, we need to be in conversation with those who have gone through gender transition is because I'm convinced that there is a tidal wave of detransitioners that are coming mm-hmm. that we need to, as a church, be ready to receive love and care for. But how would you respond to uh, Rob's thoughtful comments? Rob, I'm so glad that you have transgender friends. You have been placed in their lives by the Lord to be a light. Um, There are a few things that you said that I think are important for all of us, whether we're talking about uh, gender confusion, any type of cultural issue, and any type of issue of sin to make sure that we have clear in our mind. The first is that acceptance does not equal love. Acceptance does not equal love. And conversely, to not accept someone's uh, professed identity does not equal hate. And one of the ways that we as Christians have been affected by our culture is by taking on those cultural ideas that in order to accept someone, you approve of everything that they do and that you do not try to confront them with the truth. And let's keep in mind here too, Rob, it's the truth that sets them free. So much of gender dysphoria is a symptom It is a symptom of someone who is deeply broken spiritually and psychologically. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of transgender people who have a history of childhood sexual abuse. But the way that they're trying to deal with that pain is to, as Romans 1 describes, suppress the truth of creation, the truth of creation that we are created in God's image, not only our spiritual selves, but our physical selves as well, comes with a complex identity that reflects the reality of our Creator. So part of someone's repentance towards God will include Not that all of a sudden their feelings of confusion dissipate, but it will include a detransition back to living in harmony between their biological sex and their sense of who they are as a man or as a woman. Not because we are forcing people into rules, but because when someone is made right with God, they are reconciled to their creator. Then they can be reconciled to themselves. And we need to listen to the stories of detransitioners, not only them, but also Christians who came out of a transgender identity and desisted. Why? Not because necessarily their feelings went away. They had a lot to work through, but because they got right with the Lord. You made this great point, Rob. You said they're not bad people, but you know, Jesus didn't come for people to go from not bad to good, did he? He came to make us from death from people who are dead to people who are alive. Uh, Who among us, too, is a good person? Uh, You think about what Jesus said, no one's good but God. And so when you were saying they're not bad people, I I think I know what you mean. They're not all uh, what we would see in some of these extreme cases. 
But let's not forget who they are. They are who every other person on this planet is. They are a person who is alienated from God and needs to be reconciled to God in Jesus Christ. And when they are reconciled to God, they will be reconciled to the identity that God has given them as a man or a woman in his image. Yeah, I so appreciate, Rob, you you calling. Again, I think your comments are thoughtful, certainly reflecting the prevailing thoughts of, of so many. But I hope that our response has been helpful. I want to give you a copy of uh, a complimentary copy of Dr. Katie McCoy's book. You sound like you would read it, and I think it would be helpful. And uh, where, where I do strongly agree with you is that the goal of all of our relationships is not just that someone would go from gay to straight uh, or they would have a right view of their gender. What good is all of that apart from Jesus Christ? The ultimate goal is that they would have a relationship with Christ because that is what heals and transforms. My good friend John Stone Street, I often quote him, that ideas have consequences, bad ideas have victims. That's why we can't be silent. We'll be right back right after this. Good friendships are a blessing. Jesus even said there is no greater love than the sacrificial love between friends. He knows we need each other, but how do we build these powerful relationships? Rebecca McLaughlin has written a guide to help us start, and I highly recommend it. It's called No Greater Love, a biblical vision for friendship. You can have a copy when you support Equip this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I absolutely have to have Dr. Katie McCoy back. You got to promise to come back, Dr. McCoy. This has been so awesome having you on with me today. Friends, if you have not gone to the website yet, I want to encourage you to do so. Today's book is one that I urge you to add to your library of resources. We need resources that are going to help us uh, that are well-researched, that are thoughtful, that are deeply biblical. You're talking to a theologian in Dr. McCoy. You're talking to someone who has studied what the Bible has to say about women. You're talking to someone who has done the uh, contemporary research as well and put it all in a book that is not only current, but I think also peers into the future really well, helping us to know what's around the bend so that we can get ready for Again, this tidal wave of people who will wake up to the reality that, man, when I was a kid, when I was young, I thought that I was somehow self-medicating by going through gender transitioning and taking all of these pills and going through these surgeries only to wake up and realize it did not solve the deepest problems of my heart. And uh, and what I've been told was was a lie. And when that happens, we got to be ready. And Dr. McCoy's book, I think, is vital for helping us get ready. So if you've not done so, go to our website, equipradio.org. Dr. McCoy, um, where do you find self-worth and identity in a culture that is so hungry for self-worth and identity? Where should we look? Yeah, so first, recognizing that our identity is something that is bestowed to us by God. 
And uh, with that, that means that we will never understand who we really are and what we were made for, apart from being reconciled to him. And uh, one of the one of the things that, especially not only in our individualist culture, it's so easy to forget, I have to remind myself too, is that the purpose of my life is not for myself, but it is for others. And there's that wonderful verse in its first or second Corinthians that we uh, who died with Christ no longer live for ourselves, but for the one who died for our sakes. And so it, it really is the self-giving life. It's the life where we are uh, not only giving of ourselves, but giving of ourselves for something that has a kingdom impact and an eternal value. That's where we find that value. We live in a culture that says it's all about expressing ourselves, that we'll find um, not only meaning and significance in expressing our self-perception, our self-will, but then also um, bringing other people into alignment with our self-expression. I can't think of a more uh, vulnerable, tenuous, fragile way to live. If all of our lives and sense of self is dependent on how someone else addresses us, well, we're just living every day um, on the brink of being uh, tipping over the apple cart, so to speak. And and really so many people who are adopting this way, this mindset, that is part of uh, their own emotional uh, fragility. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as they're living with this tension of wanting the world to line up with their sense mm. of self-perception and finding it's never enough. You know, why yes. is it that we live in a world where it's never been more affirming and accepting of non-binary identities? And yet you would think then we would see a shift in uh, this trend towards mental illness, and we don't. Why is it? because we're aiming at the wrong things. So, Dr. McCoy, with about 30 seconds left, what's your hope for those who pick up the book? My hope for those who pick up the book is that they will feel not only equipped to have those conversations with people, but also that they will have a sense of getting their mind around the moment that we're living in. You know, we cannot speak the language of, that other people are speaking without orienting ourselves in the culture in which we're living. We've got to know the landscape so that we know how to communicate the truth of Christ to this generation. And then the other thing that I hope, Chris, people walk away from is this. They do not need to be afraid of the cultural moment that we're in. The Holy Spirit has given us everything for life and godliness. And don't you know, in the first two chapters, of the book of Genesis, we have the answer for all the cultural confusion that we see today related to sex and gender. The the Lord has given us what we need. The Holy Spirit is not just enough. He's a genius, and he has given us everything that we need for this moment as well. Dr. McCoy, like I said, I got to have you back. Thanks for carving out an hour of your busy schedule to be with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Friends, go to the website, equipradio.org. Click on program details. You can find out more about To Be a Woman, the confusion over female identity, and how Christians can respond by Dr. Katie McCoy. Big shout out and thank you to Dean from Freeport, Illinois, who gave a gift today. So grateful for you, Dean. Can you follow in Dean's footsteps? Support us today. Go to our website, equipradio.org. And until we're together again next time, as always, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.